Hey, we're going uh, to start the message in just a second, but I want to pray first. Um, and I, I know we don't always do that here at this spot in the message, but um, for a couple of reasons. Number one is just preparing for this series, preparing for this morning even. I felt like God really had something that he wants to really do in the hearts of people who are here. And, and just even this morning, I just have, maybe if you're sensitive to this sort of thing, uh, it's kind of unusual for me. I just sense like the enemy would really like to mess it up for some people today. And, uh, and maybe even this morning, you're struggling with, with some thoughts of, man, God doesn't want anything good for me. Every relationship in my life is, has been broken and messed up. And so we're just going uh, to take captive every thought this morning that would set itself up against the knowledge of Christ. And uh, so would you join me this morning? Let's just pray for, for just a second. Father, you know every single heart and every single person represented in this room. You know the words that I'm about to speak and share, and I pray that your anointing would supersede everything else that happens in this room today, God. Father, that those who are bound up, who are broken, who are hurt, God, they would find freedom in Christ this morning, that they would sense your presence. God, those who are wondering if you even care, if you even love them right now in this moment, God, wrap your loving arms around them. Let them sense the presence of a loving God in this house, and, uh, and we come against every attack of the enemy this morning, every lie, that he, every bit of deception that he would bring against your people this morning, God, and we take captive all of those things, we, we cast them down, God, and we exalt you, we lift you high, and we thank you that there's victory and there is power in the blood and in the name of Jesus Christ, and all of his church said, amen. Come on, come on, doesn't that feel good to just smack the devil around a little bit this morning? I love to do that. I love doing that. All right, so kicking off a brand new series, see the devil was breaking our sound system and Dan had to come down here to fix it. Give it up for Dan, everybody. He does an awesome job. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, somebody give Tim his medicine. All right. <laughs> oh, it's going to be one of those days. All right. Okay. Hey, real quick, and I, I hate to do this um, multiple weeks in a row, but, you know, during this time of year, a lot of times there's new movies that come out, and so uh, it means we have to speed up our teardown process. You guys have done an incredible job, some of you hanging out, jumping in on that crew after service. If you're a guest today, Ignore what I'm about to say, but if you attend here regularly and you've got muscles that work, we'll, we'll definitely take a hand from you one more time today after service. If you can hang out, just find Trevor or Kevin or anybody on the team who's, who's doing that, and it's going to be good. I want to give a shout out to uh, Joel and Janelle Mears, who threw a, a kickoff bonfire party last night for our Sub 30 group. And uh, here, let me just give you some backstory to that, because I know I saw some Facebook. I was trying to do some PR on, on Facebook while they were all having the bonfire uh, initially, it was targeted at college students, and then we kind of talked earlier in the week and said, hey, we've got a lot of people who maybe don't even go to college, but they fall in this age group uh, between 20 and 30, so why don't we just, why don't we rebrand this and really open it up to anybody who's in that under 30 group, which is a significant part of our church, and uh, so we did the best we could to get the word out on that and probably missed some people, missed some invites so if you would, uh, uh, just help us. Make sure nobody knows that it was that it's on purpose or anything like that. And, and uh, listen, we're less than two years old. We're going to learn some stuff on the fly. You with me? All right, so, so just give us some permission on, on stuff like that to not always uh, get the word. But we did announce it at church and stuff, so you, you just got to be here. All right, so if you're not here, you just don't know about stuff. So that's on you. All right, so let's, uh, let's jump into the, where we want to go this morning. I want to share some, some cool stuff with you from the last month of September. You know, we always treat September as a real evangelistic opportunity 
uh, in our church, uh, all two of them that we've had, but, but we're always going to treat September as an evangelistic opportunity because people are going back to school, they're getting back into the routine. If you look at statistics in our country, st- September's a month where churches usually see some growth, and there's a, a huge opportunity to reach unsaved people. And uh, I just want to give you guys uh, a little bit of news on that this morning. You know, we set record attendance four out of the five Sundays in September here at True Life, and every single one of those Sundays, the, the kingdom of heaven got bigger. People gave their hearts to Christ and got saved. And they, Come on, somebody. That is worth, you ought to be shouting. You ought to be loud right now. All right, and uh, so, so I just want to say to you guys, good job, because the only way that happens is if you work up the guts to say to somebody, hey, why don't you come with me? And I don't care how you do it. You can cheat. You can say, hey, why don't you come have a cup of coffee with me? And don't tell them where they're going, all right? You can, uh, you can say, hey, let's go to the movies. <laughs> Might work. I don't know. You could try it. But whatever you did, you did it. And, uh, and so I just want to thank you guys for not only attending this church and just and calling it the place you go on Sundays, but, but for, you know, what you did and what you're doing by actively inviting and helping to build the kingdom is kind of what I'm going to talk about a little bit today. You've gone beyond just a casual relationship with the bride of Christ, the body of Christ. You've, you've actually entered into some partnership and some covenant relationship with the local church and said, I'm a part of this. I have some ownership here, and I have some, res- and, and you do. You have some responsibility to help build the kingdom of Christ. And, and uh, we, we, we have a saying around here, let's put God first. And when we do that, when we're healthy and we put God first, all these other things have a way of taking care of themselves. So, so good job to you. And if you haven't made that step yet, you should. And, and uh, we'll make it really easy for you. Tonight, you can come hang out with me at True Life 101. Ask questions. Find out what our church is all about. Find out what the story is, the vision is behind being here, and what our plan is to reach Newark and the surrounding areas. And, and uh, it's going to be a good night. So hope, uh, hope I see you there. One of the themes we touched on during this last series, if you weren't here, it was Baggage was the name of the series, and, and uh, really powerful stuff that God was doing. I, I strongly urge you to go listen to it online if you didn't get to be here. But one of the themes that really emerged over the last five weeks was how powerful relationships can be in our life. In fact, they're the reason why many of us are carrying baggage is because we've had broken relationships, we've had hurts and and pains, and all these different things that have happened to us that have led to things that we're carrying around. And so this series is going to kind of springboard off of that, and we're going to spend the next six weeks talking about covenant relationships. We're going to talk about covenant uh, friendships. We're going to talk about covenant marriage. We're going to talk about covenant family. We're going to talk about covenant singles. Come on, single people. We're going to, there's, a, there's a way that God wants you to handle your life while you're single. And we're going to talk about the fact that we serve a covenant God. In fact, next week I'm excited about is covenant friendships. So if you, want to, if you want to find out how to handle healthy friendships in your life, you don't want to miss that. It's going to be good, and, uh, and God is going to continue to speak to us. But what I kind of want to do today is, is lay the foundation, lay the framework. And, and let me just say right up front, this series probably won't work for you if you don't have some commitment to it. So we always go from September, this evangelistic season, and then we want to we take a step and go just a little bit deeper, give you some tools that will help you unpack some things and see where God's trying to take you in your life. And, uh, and that's what this series is all about. So today's going to be very foundational for the rest of the series. Maybe you're, you're in from out of town. If you get something out of today, then come back and listen to the rest of the messages online. This doesn't have to be your church home to for God to use it to, to speak to you, all right? And uh, so, so it's going to be really foundational today. 
In fact, I think that relationships are so powerful that if we can help you get this one area of your life working right, a lot of the other areas of your life that you have issues with will, will probably fix themselves. We like to say around here that, that the vertical relationships affect the horizontal relationship with God, and they do. It, there's, there's two pieces of our life. There's the horizontal stuff, the people we do life with here on earth, and then there's the relationship with God. And, and I think the Bible's really clear that they're absolutely connected. And you can't have health in one without having health in the other. The, both of them go together. And so that's kind of the big idea. The thesis, if you will, for this series is that covenant relationships are the God-defined way of doing relationships. Most of us have our relationships defined on the world system, and, and I, I just got to tell you this morning, that's broken. It doesn't work. The world's way of doing life together doesn't work. And in this series, I want to help you redefine how you interact with the people in your life, how you do relationships. We want to get you on God's system, and I promise if you'll stick with us through this whole series, if you'll put into practice everything that we're going to share with you, you'll be healthier, you'll be happier. Come on, how many want that? A little healthier, a little happier. How many want to have relationships that actually work, right? That would be good. That would feel good. All right, so um, I, I, I'm aware of a relationship that didn't work out too well, and, and um, you know, we like to talk about Bubba around here, and, uh, you know, about half our church comes from Cecil County, and so we like to pick on them, because Bubba lives in Cecil County, and, and uh, so, you know, actually, I think I know how Bubba died. I told you not too long ago Bubba died, and, and uh, if, if you've heard some version of this one before, just l- laugh anyway. Give me the sympathy laugh, all right? Can you... Can, can you commit to that? Will you give me the sympathy laugh? All right. Not yet. Let me tell the joke first. All right. So, so Bubba and Marie, that was his wife. Bubba and Marie got married. And, uh, you know, they live way out in rural, the rural part of Cecil. It's all rural, but the, the real rural part of Cecil County. So they got married, little church, and, and uh, they came out. Everybody threw the rice and the music played and all that. And, and uh, they didn't have a car, so they got onto uh, Marie had a horse and buggy that she brought into the marriage. So they... They got onto the horse and the buggy and started to pull away, and they got about a half mile down the road, and the horse just stopped. And uh, Marie, she's driving. She says, horse, she gets down, walks around, looks him in the face. She says, that's one. Gets back in the carriage and whips it, and he takes off riding again down the road. They make it about another mile down the road, and he stops again, just being stubborn, just stops right there. She, she gets down off of there. She gets right up in his face. She says, horse, that's two. The horse kind of nods at her. She gets back in the carriage. He takes off walking. This time they make it about two miles, so he does a little bit better. But then all of a sudden, he stops again. And Marie, she gets down off of the carriage. She walks around. She looks at the horse. She says, horse, that's three. And she pulls out a, a pistol and, boom, shoots the horse and kills him dead right on the spot. She walks around, she gets back up in the carriage and looks at Bubba and Bubba says, Marie, are you crazy? How are we going to get anywhere now? You just killed our only source of transportation. What is wrong with you, woman? She looked at Bubba, she said, Bubba, that's one. (laughs) Some of you heard that one before, all right, some version of that one. Some of you are doing the sympathy laugh just because you want to be mean, so I don't, there was real laughter in the house, all right. So obviously not a covenant relationship there between 
Bubba and Reed. So here's, here's today's big idea. Every relationship you have impacts the relationship you have with God. And when Jesus was asked, hey, hey, Jesus, all these laws, all these commandments, all this religion, what's the most important out of all? What's the most important commandment, Jesus, out of all of them? He responded. He couldn't respond with one. He had to respond with two because they're connected. He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart and love your neighbor, love people. You've got to love God and love people. You can't, listen, listen to this, you can't love God and not love people. And you can't love people consistently without loving God. They're interconnected. If we love God, then it's going to be natural for us to love what he loves. We've got to be able to love God and love people. I referenced in our last series that the horizontal and the vertical, they're connected. So today, let's dive into this, the foundational piece of this covenant series. And we're going to look at five, like I said, five different types of relationships over the course of the series. But I want to start with a verse in Malachi that is often used when talking about marriage and, and I think a lot of times misunderstood and misread. And, uh, and I don't think it just applies to marriage. I think it applies to almost every relationship that we have. And we'll unpack that as the series progresses. Look at Malachi chapter 2, verse 13. It says, another thing you do. You flood the Lord's altar with tears. You weep and wail because he no longer looks with favor on your offerings or accepts them, accepts them with pleasure. From your hands. Now let's just pause there. How many of us, you don't have to raise your hand, but, but I, if we are honest in our hearts, how many of us have been there? We're kind of flooding the altar of God with tears. And you know what we're oftentimes doing is going, God, where are you? Why aren't any of my prayers getting answered? Why, why isn't any of the stuff that I'm asking you to do in my life working out? And I think it's because the horizontal and the vertical are connected. Oftentimes we're, we're knocking on heaven's door. We're trying to get God to, to answer and respond to our needs. And, and God is waiting. He's kind of just sitting back waiting because there's broken relationships in our lives. And we've got to get that stuff corrected before he starts to move in our life. 14, verse 14, he says, you ask, why is it, why, why it is because the Lord is the witness between you and the wife of your youth. You've been unfaithful to her, though she is your partner, the wife of your marriage. What? Covenant. Has not the one God made you? You belong to him in body and spirit. And what does the one God seek? godly offspring so be on your guard and do not be unfaithful to the wife of your youth the man who hates and divorces his wife says the lord the god of israel now listen to this does violence to the one he should protect says the lord almighty so be on your guard and do not be unfaithful and so i think what god is actually saying here malachi is the last book of the old testament it actually sets up a lot for, for Christ to appear on the scene. And he's speaking to his people here, and he's saying, you want to know what the problem is, and the problem is your earthly relationships aren't healthy, they're broken. In fact, when things are getting hard, you become violent towards the people you're in covenant relationship with, and you send them away. You break the covenant, you break the relationship, and what God is saying is in the kingdom, in his way of doing things, when things get tough, we're supposed to protect. When things get hard, we're supposed to rally together and get closer and hang on tighter to each other. Now, you say, Michael, he's talking about divorce here. Are you saying that like there's never a scenario where, where divorce is okay? No, there's never a scenario where divorce is okay because it's going to hurt you and you're going to need healing afterwards. But there are scenarios where divorce is appropriate. 
And, uh, and so I just want to, like, I know we have some people in our church that I've had to counsel through that sort of thing. I know we have some people in our church with some terrible stories from the past. So I don't want the enemy to use this as an opportunity to get some things mixed up here. You're, you're good, all right? We're not even talking about the past today. We're talking about from today forward. And aren't you glad there's grace no matter what the past looks like? It doesn't matter to anybody at all, all right? So, so what, I want to, what I want you to look at here is what, in our culture, what our culture teaches us is that when it gets tough, when, when things aren't going well, when things aren't going easy, our reaction is to break the relationship and, and to move on and move away. And what God is saying is that's not the design he has for us, especially not in marriage, that when things get tough, we rally together. You know, in January, I will celebrate 13 years married to my wife. I'll die married to her or she'll die married to me, whichever one happens first. And we already agreed we can't kill each other, so that's not a part of the deal. All right, and we just we both came from divorced families, from broken homes, and we just we got this early before we were married. We just decided this is covenant. This isn't contract. This is covenant, and we're in this for the long haul. And so, fighting's an option. Almost everything's an option, except for leaving. And we just took it off the table. And I'm I'm really I'm actually proud of this fact. I'm not trying to boast. I think it's a miracle of God. But in 12 years, almost 13 years. The, the threat of leaving has never once come up in our home. Not once. Everything else is an option, but leaving is not an option because it's covenant. And I, I think God wants us to be in covenant relationships, not just in marriage, but in many of the relationships we have. And I want to submit to you today that when a relationship gets tough, God actually wants us to pull closer. God is saying instead of doing violence to the person that you're struggling with, protect them protect them. Culture teaches us to run, to become violent. Most of us treat every relationship we have as if there were a line in the sand. In some, Check this out. And we do. We, we treat it like there's a line in the sand. You can, you can get away with most, but if you cross this line, this relationship is over. It's broken. In, in some Middle Eastern countries, I was shocked when I found this out. When the husband and wife get married, the husband actually gets a copy of the marriage contract. And this is the tradition in the culture. He folds it up and keeps it in the front pocket of his shirt. And the wife doesn't even get this right. She doesn't get this prerogative. The, the husband keeps it in the front pocket of his shirt as if to, because he has the right, if she gets out of line at any time he wants, for any reason he wants, to pull the contract out of his pocket, tear it up, and the marriage is over. And in those cultures, for the, for the wife, that's, that can be the end of her life in many cases. And so I can, I mean, you, can you just imagine living in that sort of, oh, don't you, dinner didn't taste good. I'm, I mean, can you imagine, <laughs> can, can, I mean, can you imagine ladies, your husband coming home from, coming home from work or, or you come home from work, whichever way it works in your house, and just deciding, oh. I don't like your hair today. I, I'll, I'll do it, woman. I would. Can you, and, and as horrible as that sounds, many of us treat the relationships in our life the exact same way. We've got a line in the sand. We deal with our friendships. Many of us, if I can just go here for a second, many of us have bounced from church to church because we are in contract relationship with the bride of Christ, not covenant. And so every time, anytime a, a pastor has hurt us or said something we didn't like, we go, uh, 
I'll tear it up. Can I just tell you, if True Life Church is your home, I guarantee you I'll hurt your feelings probably at some point. I'll probably say something you don't like or something you don't agree with. But I'm so thankful for the team, the, the core team in our church, because I know they're sons of the house. It's not a contract relationship. We're sons and daughters, and, uh, and, and we're, not, we're not in contract. We're in covenant. We're, it's blood between us, and we're in it for the long haul. Aren't you glad that you've got some leadership in your church that's, that thinks of it that way? And you should, too. You should, too. Culture teaches us to run. We shouldn't. We shouldn't. The Hebrew word for covenant, check this out, actually means to cut. The Hebrew word for covenant actually means to cut. In fact, the Jewish marriages at at this time in culture, what they would actually do is the husband and wife would come to the altar and the priest would pull out a knife and he would cut the groom's hand until blood would begin to flow and then he would cut the bride's hand until blood would begin to flow and he'd put them together and wrap cords around it so that the blood had an opportunity to commingle. And that's where the word covenant comes from. It means to cut. Because when we're in covenant relationship, aren't you glad, aren't you glad we're not, we're going to add that to the wedding process here at True Life. <laughs> so if you want to get married, just, I'm just toughen up the hand. No, I'm just kidding. We would never do that. Aren't you glad that's not the tradition anymore? But they would. And, and so they would, they would wrap a cord around and, and let the blood commingle together because the word co- it means to cut, it, to go into covenant relationship. I've got a sibling. I've got a younger brother. Anybody got siblings in the house? All right. So, so you know, we do this a lot of times. We, I can fight with my brother, but you can't. Right? You know what I'm saying? In, in fact, we do. I mean, we, we used to, we could throw down like you wouldn't believe. My brother's, he's, a, he's five years younger than me, so what, he's 27, 28. And uh, his jaw to this day still pops because he came to visit me right after we got married and we, we got into a wrestling match and it got a little competitive and he thought he had me pinned. And I just jerked loose and when I did, my knee came around and just bam, right in the side of the jaw. And he still to this day, he'll open his jaw and be like, click, click. It's still click. I'm like, don't you forget that, boy. Oh. <laughs> so, but you know you can fight with or I can fight with my brother but, but you can't you know why because we have this saying it's in here it's the title of the message blood is thicker than water because it's, it's blood so it's it's one thing for me and him to, to, to throw down but you don't get to you mess with him I'm going to tear you up and vice versa it's just how you just don't People can, people, here, here's how I am. You could talk back to me, you can be disrespectful to me, but if someone's disrespectful to my wife, oh son, no. Because even though, and this might help some of you, you know, a lot of times we'll be more faithful to our blood relatives than we are to our spouse because we don't see it as blood. And the Bible says when you get married, it's blood, it's covenant. And so my wife, it's, it's, it's blood. It is, it is a blood covenant relationship and so I can fight with her but you can't not with me around anyway it's blood the Hebrew word it actually means to cut it's not a contract relationship it's a covenant relationship and I think we've got to get back to God's definition of of relationships if we want them to actually work Jesus gave us an example of covenant when he said this he says I'll never leave you 
or forsake you. Come on, aren't you, aren't you glad you serve a God that has that kind of commitment to you? I will never, you know what the, the Hebrew and the Greek is for never? It's never, yeah. It's, he means I will never leave you or forsake you. Never, ever. I'm glad I serve a God who says that about me. Let me, let me say it to you this way. Maybe this will bring it home. Have you ever given Jesus Christ a reason to ditch you? I have. But here's the good news. He didn't. And he won't. No matter how many reasons you give him, he won't ditch you. There was, a, there was actually a wedding in New York. I read about this. Where they actually rewrote the vows to say, I'll be with you. You know, when we do weddings, we, we always read these vows, right? Till death do us part, right? And can I just say on behalf of any pastor on our team, whoever does weddings, it's kind of a pet peeve for us because we have to get up there and say that. And, and it's getting harder and harder sometimes to convince ourselves that the people who are repeating it actually mean it to the point where I think when I do weddings from now on, I'm actually going to change it. I'm just going to say, now, if we're going to say this part right here, you better mean it. Otherwise, we're going to say something else. We're going to say something different. We'll, we'll rewrite the vows. We'll come. But in New York, they actually said this. This blows me away. This, this couple did a wedding. It said, they wrote, wrote their vows to say, I'll be with you for as long as I shall love you. <laughs> I mean, if that's the rule, some people are done in 24 hours. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'll be with you as long as I feel like I love you. That doesn't work. That's not covenant. That's contract. Now, now some of us are already uncomfortable with this message. You already, because you've already broke covenant in a relationship or, or messed something up. So let me just say this to you. I, I kind of already said it. Let me just say it again. This is really, really important while we work through this. Otherwise, the enemy will, will deceive and twist and turn this into something that it's not. Because we're not here to talk about yesterday. We're here to talk about from today forward. And, and there's grace. There's forgiveness. There's no condemnation. The Bible's clear. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So what I want to do is help you set it up so that from today moving forward, you can be in covenant relationships with people and start living life to the full instead of everything being broken. If something broke in the past, listen, you can get, God wants to heal you from that. He's not angry at you about it. So that don't, don't sit there and feel guilty about that today. It doesn't matter. It's, you know what's in the past? the past, all right? It doesn't matter. Come on, that's a good place for an amen, somebody, all right? So let's define covenant. Let's move forward. Let's, let's define covenant. And this is in your notes. You'll want to fill in the blanks here. Covenant is a solemn agreement between two parties for the purposes of creating and maintaining a successful relationship. A solemn agreement between two parties for the purposes of creating and maintaining a successful relationship. And if we do relationships in covenant, I think all of them can become success. How many want every relationship in your life to be successful, a successful relationship? I do. I don't want any of it to be wasted. I don't want any of it to be to be just fringe or frill around the edges. Every relationship matters, and I want every single one of them to be successful because blood is thicker than water. Luke twenty two twenty says, after supper, he took another cup of wine and said, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood, which is poured out as a sacrifice for you. So here's, here's the big question I want to try to create some tension around today is this, what if, 
non-blood relationships became blood relationships. What would it look like if all of the relationships in our life, we started to view them through the lens of covenant? You know, I'm in a covenant relationship with you. As your pastor, as your leader, it's not contract for me. If you don't, here's here's some good news for you, all right? If you don't give enough in the offering today, we're okay, (laughs) all right? It's not contract. There's no no litmus test to be a part of of the family. In fact, we say around here, you can belong before you believe because we view every relationship as covenant, as blood. And so we have a responsibility to you, and I think all of us have a responsibility back to the local church, to God's house. What if we took non-blood relationships and we turned them into covenant relationships? What if the people we did life together with in small groups weren't just the group of people that we hung out with once a week and shared our problems with and prayed with? What if we started to see them like family? What if we started to do life like that? We saw them in covenant. So here's what I want to do. I want to draw some contrast for you between covenant relationships and contract relationships so that we can know the difference, so we know where to go. Let's look at the first one. Here it is. Covenant is based on mutual commitment. Covenant is based on mutual commitment. You know, we live in a a day and time, a generation, a culture that always wants an easy out. We always want a way to get out if we need to get out. We say things like, have you... If you mess with me, if you cross this line, I'm going to get even. I'm going to get you back. But covenant says, listen, you might want to write this down because this is huge. Covenant says, I'm willing to be unhappy while we work things out. Some of you in marriages right now that are, you're struggling to figure things out. You're trying to figure out what the next step is, husband and wife. This needs to become your motto. I'm willing to be unhappy for a little bit while we work things out. I don't think this applies to abusive situations or, or anything like that. But if you're just having a hard time agreeing, you can't get on the same page, why don't you make this commitment to each other that I'm, I'm, with, I'm here, I'm not going anywhere, and if we're unhappy while we figure this out, we'll still be here when we figure it out, and we'll be happy together. Because that's what covenant does. I told you before, we took divorce off the table in our marriage. In 12 years, it's never been threatened once. And if we break the commitment, listen to this, if we break the commitment when things get rough, we weren't really committed. It wasn't really a commitment. Make the person in your life, make the relationship, make the person more important than whatever the thing is you're disagreeing about. Make the person more important than the issue and so, that, you know, there's a real issue for our culture because we try to make the thing, whatever it is we're fighting about, that becomes the thing. Being right becomes the thing. It's so silent in here. I'd love it when I know that everybody's just going, I don't like this. It's not fun for you, but it's great for me. It means I heard from God. Don't make the issue the issue. Make the person more important than the issue. If I get in a fight with Joel, who's on our teaching team, if he gets up next week and preaches and does a terrible job, you know what we're going to talk about? We're not going to talk about the preaching. We're going to talk about him. 
And we're going to try to figure out, hey, what was it? What, what, what was it that kept you from being healthy enough to get up and speak like I know you're capable of speaking? What, let's, let's make you the issue, not the thing. Come on, are you with me this morning? Does that help you? Make the person more important than the issue because covenant's based on mutual commitment while contract is based on mutual distrust. Contract is based on mutual distrust. It's built into our culture and, and the attitude that God wants us to have is actually the opposite. It's in Romans 12, 5. It says, so it is with Christ's body. We're many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. Each other. Contract is based on mutual distrust. We need our relationships to be based on mutual commitment. Here's the next one. Covenant surrenders rights and it assumes responsibility. Covenant surrenders rights and it assumes responsibility. So in our marriage with my wife, guess what happened on the day we put the ring on and we made that commitment to each other? Guess what happened to all my rights? They're gone. Like Duck Dynasty, she gone. All right? They, they are gone. No, and, and guess what? I'm okay. Guess what happened to all my wife's rights? They're gone. We don't, we don't have any. I don't get to, to come home and say, well, you need to, you need to kiss me more because I, I have a right to be happy. What? No, you have, a right, you have the right to work together to honor God with your relationship and be a, be a picture of Christ's love for us, the church. That's what a marriage should look like. Come on, somebody. That's a good place for an amen right there. The, the rights are gone. And, and guess what? The responsibility now, it belongs to me. It belongs to, it belongs to both of us. And every relationship I enter into is like that. If I'm going to see them through the lens of covenant and not through contract, then I've got to start to think that way. Assume responsibility. Surrender the rights. Jesus even said, I didn't come to be served. I came to serve. I came to serve. The best relationships in the world are when two servants are in love. The best relationships in the world are when two servants are in love. You want to know the worst relationships in the world? It's when two masters are trying to be in love. It doesn't work. And many of us today, we're sitting in this room and you're feeling some tension right now because you've tried to be the master of every relationship in your life and it's not working. You know what I want to say to you? Just try serving somebody. Just Because when two servants are in love, things work out. Covenant surrenders rights and it assumes responsibility while contract protects rights and shirks responsibility. Contract protects rights and shirks responsibility. 1 Corinthians 13.5 says, it, and that it is love, does not demand its own way. It's not irritable. And it keeps no record. Come on, everybody say that with me. It keeps no record of being wrong. It keeps no record of being wrong. You want to you want to have one of the most freeing things happen to you that will ever happen to you in your whole life? Take that list that lives in your heart and mind of all the things that everybody did to you that hurt and damaged you and that you're holding against them and just tear it up. Because love doesn't keep a record of wrong. You want to get the horizontal working right so that the vertical can be right? Tear up the list because it won't work. Move from 
contract to covenant. Here's the last one. Covenant has the interest of the others in mind. Covenant has the interest of others in mind. Sorry, I said that wrong. Well, contract has personal convenience in mind. Covenant has the interest of others in mind. Well, contract has personal convenience in mind. Philippians 2, 4 says, Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. And so here's the test. Here's the question this morning. Am I focused on myself? Am I turning inward? You know what can even happen to a church? Have you found yourself ever on a Sunday coming in going, man, somebody's in my favorite seat. What are you thinking? You know, I, actually, that's happened. I've been in a church where it's happened. I've seen it. I've seen it happen. You're in my seat. What? Hey, for the couple hours we rent this beast on Sunday, that seat doesn't belong to you. It belongs to Jesus, and he'll put whoever he wants in that bad boy because he's got something to say to them. That was a abbreviated cheer. It should have been longer. <laughs> you guys are messed up. <laughs> it's awesome. Covenant has the interest of others. This is why. This is why in our culture, I'm, I'm trying to find the the politically correct way to go here because it's going to be hard for some people to swallow. This is why in our culture, so many people kind of like bounce from church to church and never really submit to any kind of spiritual leadership, never really get involved, never never submit to anyone, because we're, we just view everything through contract. And, and I just, I need you to get this, True Life, <laughs> that if you call this home, you'll get uncomfortable here living like that in a hurry. Because we don't exist to look inward. If you're in a small group and you're hanging out with other people, you better always be hungry for the visitor to show up and join your small group. If it ever turns into a thing where you think us four and no more and I'm happy, I, I, I'm going to come into that thing with a stick of dynamite, baby, because we are always about the people who need Christ. We are always about the people who are lost. You know, Jesus didn't say, hey, if you've got 99, get together and celebrate having 99. You know what Jesus thinks of the fact that we set record attendance four out of the last five Sundays? You know what he's doing up in heaven right now? He's going, so? You know what he is excited about is the fact that people gave their hearts to Christ in every single one of them. That's what he's fired up about. And we've got to get fired up about what Jesus is fired up about, and that's people. That's loving people. That's serving people. We've got to take the eyes off of ourselves and keep them facing outward outward i wouldn't really use dynamite on your small group by the way that'd be dangerous maybe a pack of black cats covenant has the interest of others in mind contract has personal convenience in mind so i hope if i preach this message right i think maybe i have because y'all are really quiet that there's all kinds of tension in here right now there should be because all of us should be feeling this dilemma. And it's in your notes. Here's the dilemma. You look at that, covenant versus contract, and here's the problem. You go, I can't do that. I can't 
do that. I can't live my life treating everyone else as if it's covenant. I'm programmed to go through life treating everyone as if it's contract. And I would say to you, you're right. You can't. Unless you understand somebody did it for you. Somebody did it for you. 1 John 4.19, you know what it says? We love because He first loved us. Too many of us go through life trying to figure out what to do to earn the love of Christ. And you got it backwards. You can't. You can't. But when you understand He loved you, even when He had a right to shred the contract, even when Jesus Christ, He could have looked at every single one of us and said the wages of sin is death, you're out of luck. But He didn't. He chose to love us. and He went to the, that's why that song was so powerful this morning. That's, that's why some of you were feeling the emotion you were feeling while that song was playing during worship because God was trying to set it up for you to understand you can't unless that exchange takes place. And it's understanding that, that unless, I, unless I get a hold of this idea that because He loved me first and there's nothing I could ever do to deserve it, you can't serve enough, you can't put down enough pieces of stage, you can't play music well enough, you can't put stuff in the cup holders well enough or make coffee well enough. There is nothing you can do to make God love you. We love because He did it first. He first loved us. And I hope, I hope right now that that tension that you were feeling, where you're going, I can't, I hope it's breaking, and you're going, I, I can't, but He can. And I hope that there's a transformation that takes place in our hearts today where we, where we walk out of this place with fresh eyes and fresh hearts to see relationships, not through contract, but through covenant. Would you close your eyes this morning? The band is going to come. Jesus doesn't just take care of paying the price for your sin. When we accept Christ into our hearts and we begin a relationship with Him, His power will come live inside of you. And the old you is incapable of doing covenant. But the Bible says when Christ comes in us, we become a new creature. We become new people. Many of us have received Him. And I just want you, to, I want you to let this marinate for a second as I say it. Eyes closed. Don't check out right now. Don't get your stuff together. We're ahead of time. We've got plenty of time right now. Just listen to what I'm saying to you for a second. Many of us have received Christ into our heart. We've received salvation. But that's where it stopped. We've never given Him the opportunity to transform us and make us new. And so you're... You're frustrated, just like that scripture said. You're, you're, dry, you're, you're crying tears at the altar of God, wondering why nothing works. And it's just because the horizontal's broken. And it's keeping you from being able to connect with a God who loves you. 
every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're sitting in the room today and you say, hey, hey, Michael, that's all great, but I don't even know Jesus. I don't have a relationship with him. I've never invited him into my heart. Listen, you can. You can start a relationship with him today, and it'll be covenant. It'll be blood. You can be in blood relationship with the God of the universe. If that's not powerful, I don't know what is. And maybe right now, even as I'm speaking, as I'm talking, you're... Your heart, you just feel like somebody's tugging at you and you just know that's you. You've got to begin a relationship with Christ today. We're not going to embarrass you, not going to call you forward. We're just going to have a private moment between you and God. But I do want to know that you're here. So if that's you, would you just raise your hand real quick? Raise it up. I I need that relationship with Jesus Christ. I see it. Anyone else? Anyone else? Just hold it up. I see it. Good job. Anyone else? Awesome. Keep your head bowed. Keep your eyes closed. I just want to give you some instruction. In just a second, I'm going to pray with you. And after that, if you raise your hand, I want you to pull out that connection card. And there's a checkbox there that says, I'm committing my life to Christ today. I want you to fill out the card, check that box. And when the offering comes by in a little bit, I want you to drop that card in the bucket. Nobody's going to show up at your house. Nobody's going to stalk you or pester you. But we are going to pray for you. We're going to try to get some next steps in your hands so that your relationship with Jesus can develop and grow. So if you raised your hand, would you just repeat this simple prayer after me right now? Just say, dear Jesus, I need you. I need relationship with you. Come into my heart. Save me from my sin and from myself. Be the Lord of my life. I know you died for me. And then you rose from the grave. And that same power that you came from the grave with is now alive inside of me. From this day on, Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior of my life, thank you. In your name I pray. Amen. Now every head, just keep your eyes closed for just a second. And, and I just want to I just want to pray over all of us together. If you'd say, hey, Michael, it was for me today. I've been doing life in contract. And I don't want to do it anymore. I need to get the horizontal right. I want to start seeing life through the lens of covenant. Would you just have an honest, transparent moment right now? Nobody looking around. This is just between you and God and, and me. Because I just want to know that this hit home. If that's you, would you just hold your hand up real quick? Just hold it up real high. Yeah, man, just all over, all over the room. Would you keep it up for a second while I pray for you? Father, you see these hands. God, you know the struggle. You know the hurt. You know all the brokenness. And God, I pray that you would supernaturally step into each and every one of these lives that's represented with a hand that's up right now, God. Father, that you would help us transition from contract to covenant. God, that we begin to see every relationship in our life as someone you placed there. And God, it's blood. And it matters because people matter to you. God, that we would leave today. God, with a a fresh view, a, a clear vision of the relationships in our lives, God. Father, not as people who exist to serve us and to make our lives better, but God, we exist to serve. Help us take our eyes off of ourselves 
turn them outwards to see the world the way you see it. Help us live life in covenant. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, if this helped you today, would you give God a hand this morning? Let's thank Him for His work.